Hello and welcome to our service for Sunday the 13th of March from Black Horse Road Baptist Church with me Naaman. It's our monthly all-age service this week and so we're continuing our series in these services of looking at stuff that Jesus said. We'll come back to that in a little while. But first, let's read a psalm together. I'm going to read a few verses from Psalm 34. So if you want to pause for a moment and find it, and then you can read along. I'm reading from the New International Version. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Amen. As we meet today, we meet in the presence of Jesus. May you be able to know him today and know his goodness. And may you be able to take refuge in him. We're going to take a little moment to pray now. Jo is going to lead us in prayer. And then after she has prayed, Matt is going to read from scripture for us. Father God, we thank you so much that you sent Jesus, your son, to this earth. And that while Jesus was on this earth, he set an example in serving others and loving others while leading. And Father, we pray that you will help us to be more like Jesus in the areas where we get to lead, whether it's in our homes, in our communities, in church, in our workplaces. May we have the attitude of giving to others and serving others as we lead. And we pray for our government, particularly at this time, where they are making big decisions that involve many people's lives. We pray that you will help them to have the attitude of servant leadership, not wanting to put themselves forward or to create a reputation and a name for themselves, but to do what is right for people and even to seek to honour you, Lord, in their decisions. We pray for governments across the world at the moment who are thinking every day about how to be involved in the crisis in Ukraine. We pray especially for Putin that um, you would humble him, Lord, and help him think what it means to be a servant. Please, will you help our leaders and will you help us to not want the best for ourselves, but to be willing to humble ourselves and to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, let's read the scriptures together. I'm reading from Mark chapter 10 and verses 35 to 45 uh, this 
passage is also repeated uh, in a similar way in Matthew chapter 20 verses 20 to 28. The version I'm reading from is the contemporary English version. Uh, you might want to look it up or just listen along. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, will you do us a favour? Jesus asked them what they wanted and they answered, When you come into your glory, please let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left. Jesus told them, you don't really know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the cup that I must soon drink from or be baptised as I must be baptised? Yes, we are, James and John answered. Then Jesus replied, you certainly will drink from the cup from which I must drink and you will be baptised just as I must. But it isn't for me to say who will sit at my right side and at my left. This is for God to decide. When the ten other disciples heard this, they were angry with James and John. But Jesus called the disciples together and said, You know that these foreigners, those foreigners who call themselves kings, like to order people around. And their great leaders have full power over what the people, uh, over the people they rule. But don't act like them. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. And if you want to be first, you must be everyone's slave. The Son of Man did not come to be a slave master, but a slave who will give his life to rescue many people. Let me read that last verse, a couple of verses again. But don't you act like them. If you want to be great, you must be a servant of all the others. And if you want to be first, you must be everyone's slave. For our all age services, we're looking at stuff Jesus said. And this time we're considering Mark chapter 10, where Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. How do you measure greatness? Uh, how do we decide if someone is great? There's probably lots of things, but how do we know if someone that looks great? You know, we might look at people who've done well financially and uh, bought things and uh, have lots of things and think, well, they're, they're pretty good. We might look at people who've done well in their careers and achieved something good in terms of the position that they have within a successful corporation or we might look at people who've climbed the political ladder and have done well for themselves in that regard or we might look at celebrities and see them with their people that are hanging around and when they're going off to their parties and they're wearing their bling and they're having a good time and seemingly uh, posting wonderful pictures of instagram of how well things are for them there's many other ways, perhaps, that we might measure um, greatness within our culture. James and John, two of Jesus' disciples, seem to measure greatness by the position that they would have in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Jerusalem. James and John are part of this inner group of Jesus' disciples. And it seems that they're probably expecting that, that when they get to Jerusalem, there's going to be some kind of confrontation taking place. And Jesus is going to um, take his rightful place as Israel's Messiah, you know, the, the successor to David, who'd been Israel's greatest king. 
And so they come up to Jesus and they approach Jesus because they want to have positions of honour in Jesus's kingdom. It, it's as if they want to capitalise on their relationship with Jesus to get themselves in positions of power. The other disciples, when they hear about what James and John have done, are really quite indignant about what they've done. And it's interesting to think about why they are so indignant with James and John. I mean, are they indignant because of what they've asked for? Or are they upset because, well, they kind of had the same sort of thing in mind and then they've just been beaten to it? You know, a little bit like um, when kids are going to travel in the car. And as they get near to the car, they start to run towards it and they go, Bagsy sitting in the front! Because that's the most important place to sit. And perhaps these other disciples are a bit jealous of these two disciples' closeness to Jesus. So Jesus says, look, guys, look, I, I need to say something to you. And he says, look at the Gentiles around. Look at how they are. You've noticed how they exercise authority. Look at what they do. They exercise authority and it's always over somebody else. They measure their power by how many people are underneath them. That's the mark of their authority. And that's very often the way that we measure kind of greatness. It's like a pyramid. And so there's fewer and fewer people as you climb higher and higher. And the more and more people are kind of at the bottom underneath you. And I think Jesus and his disciples, growing up in Galilee, they may well have looked around and they would have been under Roman occupation. They would have seen how it operated. You know, Caesars were being killed. Generals were vying for titles. There were senators who were squabbling amongst themselves for positions. And then you get kind of um, Herod the local king who uh, marries his brother's wife. And perhaps they would have thought, well, this is what it means to be in, in leadership. They might have felt some kind of temptation that there's this sort of pyramid of leadership that those who are highest up in authority get the biggest piece of the pie. They get the most perks. They kind of don't have to do the menial jobs that, because you've got other people who are underneath you they're the ones who kind of exist to um do that and perhaps that still kind of exists you know today um we might look at our leaders in our political society and think about the kind of the the rivalry that there is between various factions the competition that there is for people to climb up the greasy pole the kind of skullduggery that they might engage in to get there the sort of manipulating of people and situations and circumstances for their own benefit the way that they try and maybe cut underneath other people and perhaps that kind of comes into our own thinking a little bit as well, even from our youngest age. You know, I mean, when we're young, we might very naturally want to be, you know, uh, the leader of a, a group of other children. We might want to be the team captain rather than being the one who's picked last. And we have this idea that being a leader is a desirable thing because it brings to us honour and titles and special privileges. And I think Jesus does something very different. Jesus is not saying it's not good to be a leader. But he is saying that the way of being a leader 
the way of being great is something very different in the kingdom of heaven. Because the key comes when Jesus says, look, you see how these are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles. They lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority. But then he says, not so with you. Church or for followers of Jesus Christ or people who belong to the kingdom of God. It's not meant to be that way. The pyramid is turned upside down. So the question becomes for us, what does it look like for us to seek to be great today? What does it look like for you and me to be great? And Jesus points and says, greatness and power is not about ruling over other people. And it's not about a title or position or about power, but rather it's about coming underneath other people and sacrificing yourself for their benefit. So it involves not people serving the leaders so that the leaders do well, but rather it's the leaders serving the people. It's not people who are underneath being crushed by those who are on top, but rather it's people who are the leaders being crushed for the benefit and blessing of those who are they are serving. And greatness is measured by how willing you are to deny yourself, sacrifice things and give up things for the benefit of others. Um, it's about how you focus on the needs of other people, their personal growth and their well-being and about devoting yourself to meeting those needs. You know, Jesus said it's not thrones, crowns, gold or gems, but it's serving others. And and the people that are greatest often are ones who don't look it. And we wouldn't guess that they're the greatest because they look like a servant. But actually, they're the ones who, in God's eyes, they are really the stars of his kingdom. And then Jesus kind of shows us what that looks like, because he says, look, even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life so he says look it's not found in what you've accomplished and gained but it's in looking after people and washing the feet of his followers like he did in touching those who are considered unclean in coming alongside those who needed to hear words of love and grace and forgiveness jesus characterized that and lived that out and he calls us to do the same. To love others even when they don't love us. To do good to people even when they don't do good to us. To invite to supper those who can't invite us back. Serve those who are discouraged and confused and in desperate need of caring. And invest time and love in people. This is challenging for us, I think, because it's hard to grasp the concept because we often want to justify ourselves um, and the way in which we live and the desire that we have for recognition and status and rewards. And it, it's hard to serve others and to love others. And it's challenging to consider. 
I wonder what it would look like for um, our, our politicians if they were to take these words of Jesus. I, I wonder what it looks like for us. I mean, think about in your life, where where do you have influence? And, and where do you have a bit of power and authority? And how can you maybe turn that upside down and use it not in a way where you gain anything from it, but you use it in a way where other people gain from you. But also I want us to remember that this is actually really encouraging also for us when we think about what this means for how God is and what God is like. Because God is not one who lords it over us like the Gentiles do. He doesn't exercise his authority over us. Rather, God is one who didn't come to be served but to serve and to give his life this is what god is like he is the self-giving god of love and grace and in this we can rejoice so when jesus talks about loving others he doesn't just say oh this is what you've got to do actually jesus comes in remarkable service and gives himself for us so you may remember in Philippians chapter 2 where uh, Paul exhorts us and says, Look, have the same mind as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something that he could use for his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing and taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's what Jesus says. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. Jesus didn't come so that you could serve him. He comes to serve you. He comes to our lives without any catch, without anything there, but with love and humility and kindness to come and do something for us. He doesn't wait to see whether we are going to give him anything. He doesn't wait to see whether we are going to benefit him in some way from what he does rather he gives himself for us and his greatness jesus uh, says when he talks about his kingdom that if he wanted to uh, he could call down legions of angels and stop himself being arrested but actually he, the greatness of his kingdom is not that he can do that the greatness of his kingdom is that he comes and serves us he comes and gives himself to and for you so that you can know the love of God. Reflect on this. This is mind-blowing, isn't it? What does this tell us about how much God loves us? Let's praise him. Let's thank him and give ourselves to him. And let's allow his love to fill us so that we can live our lives in the service of others without expecting a reward from them because we know that Jesus has given himself for us. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you gave up all of the glory of heaven and came to earth, becoming one of us to come and live among us, to serve us through your life and death and resurrection. We thank you that through you we can know God's love in our hearts. And we pray that as we receive from you, you will give us the strength that we need so that we may live lives of service and love for those around us.
And let us finish our time together by saying the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you.